0: Hello and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own season, we bring to you Career Talk with OG.
1: Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our speaker today. Uh, our speaker today is the founder and chief empowerment officer of Aspira Consulting, a Silicon Valley training and consulting firm providing culturally relevant career and leadership programs. He's an introvert turned international speaker. Oscar has trained over 39,000 students and professionals across 15 countries and five continents. His training style is of a prac, uh, prac trainer. He actively practices what he trains to do. He is an ESL student turned contributing author to Hispanic Stars Rising Volume Two: The New Face of Power, where his story, "I Am a Minority," highlights yeah. the importance of embracing the struggle, valuing our identity, and the power of vulnerability. As chief empowerment officer, Oscar empowers you so opportunities come to you. Please help me
2: welcome Oscar Garcia. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Let me, uh, I'll use this too here as well. So good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, see, I'd rather have a small group fired up and excited than 10,000 duds.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah thank you very much to rob eric and Rosalinda for having me here you know this is honestly a homecoming for me because i was born in riverside oh, wow. oh really yeah and uh, i'll tell you a little bit more here uh, uh about about my story here but i'm going to be talking today about the topic of my identity as my superpower because see here's the thing I do trainings and I've trained out well over 40,000 professionals and students from all walks of life. And many people, even 40, 50, 60, 70 year olds are lacking a healthy self-image. We don't believe in ourselves. right? and I get it. Life has beaten us up for so long. And after a while, like this clicker, I mean, this clicker doesn't weigh anything, but you hold it out here for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, try 40, 50 years of putting up with nonsense. It's gonna to get to you. And so I'm really excited to be here to talk to all of you, okay? But here, you young professionals, because if there's something that I can say today, teach you to help you not get tired, of the nonsense that's out there and value who you are mission accomplished all right so um all right here we go really quick the agenda today okay so one is i'm going to talk about again valuing our identity number two is uh, embracing our journey as i tell people we all have a story to tell some of us don't want that story to be told <laughs> <laughs> And then number three, I wanna talk a little bit about what holds us back? What holds us back? And then number four, I'll get into what I call uncovering our superpowers. And then lastly, number five, building resilience. Cause folks, we're all gonna fall down, okay? But we have to get back up. And obviously feel free to ask me any questions at any time. I'm super casual, super easy going, okay? You can ask me questions throughout the talk or you can save it at the end, or um, I'll give you my contact, and if you want to email me later, connect with me on social media, whatever, fine, okay? So before we begin, so here's how many of us, at least I did, okay? I thought the career journey was gonna be a straight line. Oscar, go to college, get a good education, and you're gonna get a good job, you're gonna eventually buy a white picket fence, have a dog and have 1.5 kids. <laughs> Life doesn't work that way. It, this is reality. Up and down, up and down. We have some victories and then we fall down. Victories fall down, right? Some of you are not here, cause you're, you're like, I'm going through some valleys right now. <laughs> okay. So a little bit about my story. Like I said, I was born in Riverside. My parents actually were migrant workers down in, in Mecca, India, right? You, you know, Mecca, India, Coachella Valley. And uh, Riverside was the closest hospital. So I was born here. I don't think my parents paid my hospital bill, so please don't tell Riverside General Hospital <laughs> <laughs> that I'm here. <laughs> and then a month after I was born, we moved back to Mexico. Um, my parents were from Mexico, they passed away, but uh, my parents were from Mexico, central uh, a part of Mexico, Zacatecas, those of you, if you've heard of it, are familiar. Lived there until I was five years old, and then uh, my parents, again, decided for economic reasons, let's go back to California, work for about a year, save money, and move back. Well, we came back to Mecca, because my uh, uncle, my dad's brother, was a uh, migrant worker He, he in his kids. And so worked out here. My parents worked out here for about, I don't know, three or four months. And literally we were following the crops. And eventually we were down over near Fresno area. My aunt, who still lives in the Bay Area, uh, convinced my parents to move to the Bay Area because better jobs, it's not as hard work, et cetera, and so forth. So we moved to the San Francisco Bay Area. And I ended up going uh, uh, to college there. Uh, to UC Berkeley, graduated from UC Berkeley. I attended UC Berkeley, the first gen, I'm a first gen, I'm the only one out of 10 siblings that went to college. And uh, I apologize, tell me your name again. Sierra. Sierra, yes. Earlier, uh, Sierra and I were talking and she was asking me how my experience was at Berkeley. Everyone, I graduated from a small high school. I went into freshman year into my econ 101 class. 800 students auditorium style i was like oh my gosh my college professor walks up to the uh, her podium right taps on in, and in like in a minute goes through the syllabus and starts lecturing and listen she was speaking in english but i could not understand a word she was saying <laughs> and all of a sudden i'm looking at my classmates next to me and they're like feverishly taking notes and all this and i'm like Oh my gosh. What's going on here? Like, I think they're getting the concept, but I'm not. I felt dumb, quite frankly. And I felt like I didn't belong there. That imposter syndrome, maybe some of us have heard, maybe experienced. Then, uh, after graduating from Berkeley, being up in the San Francisco Bay Area, IE Silicon Valley, I ended up eventually working in tech for about 12 years for startups, for various startups. Okay. Now. Let me share with you though, also some obstacles here that I've overcome. Number one, believe it or not, English is my second language. Now granted, I learned how to speak English when I was in kindergarten. So it's a lot easier to learn another language. But the minute I learned how to speak English, I became my parents' translator until they passed away almost eight years ago. Some of you can relate to that. Also, low income. I was on the free and reduced lunch program in elementary school. Here's the line for free and reduced lunch kid programs and then, which was usually us minority students in elementary school. And then all my white friends are over there already eating lunch at the benches that they brought, back, brought their peanut butter and jelly sandwich or maybe their mom, you know, back then went and got them lunch and here I am eating greasy food. Probably why my arteries are clogged today. Okay. Now, here's the thing. In high school, I got good grades. I got A's in my English classes. And when I went to Berkeley, they're like, Oscar, your writing and reading is horrible. You need to go into remedial English class. Again, another hit at my self image because I'm like, what are you talking about? I have my transcripts. They say A's. Did someone lie to me for four years in high school? Nope. But middle English class. Again, another hit on my self image. My parents. My dad had a first grade education, my mom, middle school education. I told you I was their translator. In case you don't know this, the number five in Spanish and English is the same. Yet they could not help me with my third grade math. Oops. And then lastly, believe it or not, but my natural personality is an introvert. What? (laughs) No, you are lying, Oscar. How can you be an introvert? See, we have this misconception that anyone that does, welcome buddy, anyone that does public speaking is an extrovert. That is not true. You can be an introvert and still do public speaking. The difference, those of you that are introverts, you can relate to this. When we speak, heck, even raising our hand in class, it drains us emotionally. And once, like, for example, once I'm done with my talk, I just want to, like, just smile, <laughs> Like, right here in my little corner, watch Netflix, you know? I don't want like, don't talk to me. Give me some time. See, my brother's the opposite. He's an extrovert. After he's done doing a talk, he invites all of you over to his house for a barbecue. <laughs> okay? But again, I share these obstacles because some of you can relate to them. Some of you are going through some of these challenges. And I'm gonna tell you something, folks. We all go through challenges in life. There's another C word, but I'm not gonna use it, okay, that I'm thinking about, okay? We all go through challenges in life. Challenges stink, but challenges can also be fertilizer. (laughs) Think of that other C word that I'm thinking about, okay? How we react to the challenges in life is our choice. I've just chosen not to give up, to keep going. And in fact, you know what? One of the things I already know about you is that you are go-getters. You are willing to deny yourself having fun. Finally, we started getting some warm weather here in California, right? And you're here. Give yourself credit for that. All right, let's get into valuing our identity. I mentioned to you I'm an introvert. How do you overcome being an introvert? Can I tell you something? I don't want to overcome being an introvert because I'm Oscar Garcia, that's my personality. Why would I want to be someone else? Now, when I was younger, yeah, you know, I want to be like Michael Jackson back then, you know? I want to be like whatever, Santana, whatever, you know? Pick anyone, you know, sports athlete or whatever. You know what, today, you know the only name that I wear on a the, on the jersey in the back is Garcia. I respect LeBron James, Steph Curry, but I want Garcia on the back of my jersey. Some of you are gonna get that. One of the things that I believe we need to do in order to value our identity is one, we need to start changing the narrative. I'm 54 years old, okay? 30 plus years in the workforce. Yes, institutions need to change, the government needs to change, and there's systemic barriers. And I, yes. And I'm and we need to fight for that. I'm not here implying that's one or the other. But I'm gonna focus on what I can control. The word first generation, for example, typically does not have a positive connotation low income, minority student, right? Sacrifices, less than, isn't that correct? First generation, is that typically what it, right? We can think about that. See, as an introvert, we talk to ourselves a lot. So I remember one day, you know, talking to myself and just kind of thinking and analyzing. I'm like, wait a minute, Neil Armstrong, the first human to set foot on the moon. When we read our history books, they call him a pioneer. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. He was the first person, first human on the moon, but they call him a pioneer. I'm like, how come they don't call him a first-generation moon (laughs) See, the word pioneer has a positive connotation. You see where I'm going with this? And all of a sudden, I'm like, bam, I'm a pioneer. (laughs) Here's another one, ESL. I was in ESL classes. I remember I stopped going in third grade to because i was the only one in class when the esl teacher would come and i'm the only one that would get up and go with her right when you're a kid you don't want to be feel singled out you you know as a kid you're like oh i'm the dumb one but today folks i make more money because i'm bilingual it's a you see, we need to start changing the narrative. And I encourage every single one of you, please don't wait for someone else to change it for you. You change the narrative and start changing it in you first. Here's some tips to, to help you further change the narrative. Number one, this is a hard one for all of us here, but we need to do a peer assessment. This is springtime. What do normally do we do it during springtime? Spring cleanup. Some of us need to clean up some of the friends we are associating with. Now, I don't mean be mean and be like, text him. Hey dude, the dude from the Bay Area said, I can't hang out with you, right? No, that's not what I'm saying. First of all, it's a natural progression that we change who we associate with. When we're in high school, we hang out with a certain group of friends and then we go to what Valley college and we start hanging out with a certain group of friends. You graduate from college and you're single, so you hang out with single people. And then you start dating and you start hanging out with people that are dating. Then you get married and you start hanging out with people that get married. Then you have kids and you start, you, you follow me? So, and here's the thing, the hardest group of people to stop hanging out with is our close friends and our relatives. Sadly, those are the, one, those are the folks that hold us back the most. It's hard. And again, I'm not telling you to like ditch him, but some of these people, we need to love them from a distance. Love them, yes? Love them, for, notice I didn't say hate them. I said love them from a distance. You know what, some of my close friends and relatives, they don't know how to express love. They don't know how to express support. There's no deep down inside you cheering for me so you need to be that example because one day they're going to come to you and be like wow you did it next this is also a hard one especially the older we get and it's also i think a generational thing share our vulnerability now you notice how i didn't say share what you have for lunch i didn't say share that you broke up with your boyfriend or girlfriend I didn't say share the selfies from this angle because it makes you look skinnier. (laughs) I know the tricks. No, think of someone you highly admire and respect. And they talk about the challenges they went through, how they overcame those challenges, and what are the lessons that they learned. I don't know about you, but I have a newfound respect for people like that. Wow. Especially the higher up they are in an organization. See, the older we get, the more professional we get. (laughs) Now, you know what? The older I get, the more vulnerable I get. Listen, I'm going to live to 150 years old. I'm going to be fired up and excited. In fact, even more fired up and excited. Most people, the older they get, the grumpier. I pay attention to what people listen, or say, excuse me. When I was flying over here yesterday I, I to, uh, at the airport, I was at the restaurant. And the person there, the server there, was serving, she kept saying, I'm old, I'm old, old I can't oh, lift up. And on the surface, that doesn't seem like anything big. But our subconscious mind, I, this is a whole different talk, okay? But our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between positive and negative. Next, that self-talk which actually takes me to this. We talk to ourselves the most. What are you saying to yourself? Oh man, you know, you dropped something. Oh, I'm so dumb. Oh, you got an F in that class. Oh man, I'm so dumb. I don't get it. Again, subconscious mind is hearing that. It's hearing that. Let me share something with you. After I graduated from college, I embarked on this personal growth and development program. And this one book, I encourage you to write it down, get it, okay? It's called The Magic of Thinking Big. The Magic of Thinking Big. And in this book, it says, write a personal commercial of where you see yourself in the future. Now, like oftentimes, right? I would listen, read, or go to an event, and I hear someone talk about, like, do these things, and I never did them. And I finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm like, fine, I'll write this personal commercial. And here it is. Today is the greatest day of my life because I'm a big dreamer. I dream big. I dream big about everything. I have faith in God. I seek prosperity and happiness for my family. I have faith in God. I talk only prosperity. I express only happiness. I am a leader. I consistently praise others and that magnetic personality attracts people to me. I'm always positive and love life. I read this because it said three times a day. In the morning, on the way to the office, at lunchtime, and on the way to work or at home, I would be at a red light and I'm like, oh, I haven't read my commercial today. Oh, let me pull it down. And then there were times when I'm like, oh my gosh, the person next to me thinks like something wrong with me because I'm talking to myself. But I was reading my commercial. Now, again, I'm an introvert. An introvert having a magnetic person, you don't want, You're- I can barely talk to my shadow. I don't want to attract people. I don't want to attract attention. That's the last thing as an introvert you want. And today, you go into my LinkedIn account under recommendations or just feedback, and I'm like, Oscar, you're so energetic. Oh my gosh, Oscar, you're such a great listener. All this and that. And I'm like, oh, this stuff works. This stuff works, but you have to put in the effort. You have to be willing to change. Also, quit comparing yourself to other people. Run your own race. When we are young, especially, we look at what other people, our peers, how they're dressed, you know, did they, they, have they graduated? You probably have some friends that are maybe graduated already from a four-year institution. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Nothing. It has taken me over 25 years to go from introvert to introvert turned international speaker. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, I'm also gonna tell you something too. 25 years ago, some of the people that were extroverts that I would look up to and be like, I wanna be like them because, oh my God, they could just come up and speak. Today, they're like, wow, what happened to them? I have a good friend of mine who's an extrovert. Oscar, I can't believe it, man. I should be the one doing trainings, not you. Run your own race. Also, embrace our imperfections. Listen, you've already picked out, I'm sure, in your mind, some of my imperfections, like that dude's losing hair or whatever. Fine, because guess what? I've already identified some of your imperfections, so we're even. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? Personal growth. This is huge. We don't talk about this in college. We don't talk about it. This last weekend with our buddies, when we were watching whatever, the Lakers, the Warriors, whatever, whoever your favorite sports team is, we don't talk about this. But it's super important. Next, learn your history. What are you talking about, Oscar? Yeah, learn about your family, some of the challenges. I'm going to tell you something. My major in college was Chicano Studies. Wait, Chicano Studies, isn't that like Latin America? oscar aren't you latino yeah dude why did not you take us history in high school if you're american see here's the thing all of a sudden when i took chicano studies in a major i started understanding and learning more about my history ah oh, there was discrimination the zoot suit riots this happened that i began to understand not just my own history but understand the perspective of other people Find a mentor group. This is why it's so important, the different groups that you have on campus. Belong to them. Find a mentor, someone you respect. Oftentimes, I'm asked the question, Oscar, how do I find a mentor? I just keep things super simple. Just call up. Hi, Mr. Mason, I'm Oscar Garcia. Just start like that. Quit complicating things. If you come up to me and ask me, Oscar, can you be your mentor? No. But if you come up to me and like, hi, Oscar, hi, Mr. Garcia, I'm so-and-so. We start as a friendship and let it naturally evolve. There's some people that I've never met online, lo- excuse me, in person, connecting online, like through LinkedIn, and they tell me, Oscar, you know what, you're my mentor. I see, some, I'm like, wow, this is kind of interesting, but it, it is true, we influence people. And then lastly, believe in yourself. Again, if there's something that I could change, much quicker in my life it would be to believe in myself a lot younger because I would have gotten us to Mars already okay if you guys ever seen if you haven't go on YouTube and go watch uh, Tiger Woods um, uh, a video of him early when he was I think around five years old he would go to sleep listening to uh, that self talk I'm going to be the greatest golfer etc. at five years old the dude at five years old believed he was going to be. I know 50-year-olds that. What happened? You're a winner. And see, that vulnerability here, you go onto my website, and you're going to see, on the left-hand side, I talk about how I started. I'm an introvert, you know, English is my second language, blah, 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 et cetera. And then on the on your right-hand side, I talk about my accomplishments. See, you know how most people on their websites talk about, Oscar Garcia graduated from the University of California at Berkeley, blah, 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 blah. I don't take anything away from your credentials. But I want to connect with your heart first through my vulnerability. Because once I connect with your heart, then everything else, you open up your mind, etc. versus I I don't know about that guy. See, some people ask me, Oscar, when are you gonna do a TEDx talk? That's not on my radar to do a TEDx talk. If it happens, great. And if it doesn't, it does not And I'll tell you why, because when I'm done after every talk, I want you to be, if that knucklehead introvert can do it, (coughs) it's game over. Because some of you, I do a TEDx talk and they're like, Oscar's a TEDx speaker. (gasps) I can never be a TEDx speaker. All right, let's talk about embracing our journey. So in Mexico, my dad was a butcher. And um, in fifth grade here, I remember one day my dad said, hey son, I want you to get the buckets, knives, towels ready. And I was like, Woo, for what dad? I'm like, right, buckets, towels, knives? That was a start for about six, seven years. Every weekend, we would go to the slaughterhouses up in uh, the San Francisco Bay area, and we would kill a pig, cow, goat, and we would sell fresh meat the way they do it in Mexico, and quite frankly, in many other countries. I hated it. Because as a fifth grader, 11 years old, right, you're out there playing with your friends. You're playing, in my case, Little League Baseball and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I disappear from the weekends from my friends. Oscar, why, wh- how come you're not hanging out with us? Because I'm busy, Joe. What are you doing, Oscar? I'm just busy. No, I was embarrassed to tell him I was doing this. That's my dad? It's my little brother in the middle and me growing peach fuzz. (laughs) And as much as I hid it and I was embarrassed, when I look back, i learned so many valuable life lessons. Number one, I learned a work ethic. At 7 a.m. on Saturday, I was already up working with my parents while most of my friends were sleeping in until 11 o'clock in the morning, noon, whatever. That's why today, listen, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 17, 18, I don't care if you're 150. You will not outwork me, you won't. Number two, delayed gratification. Mom, dad, I want that BMX. No, son, you can't have it. Why not? We don't have any money. Yes, you do. No, we have no money. We need to take that money, reinvest it back into our business. I would get so upset at my parents. Because at an 11-year-old, I didn't get that delayed gratification. And see, do you not practice delayed gratification when you have to write a paper, midterms or finals? Some of your friends are out there partying and they call you up, hey, Sierra, you wanna hang out with us? No, I can't, I gotta study. And then you go on Instagram or TikTok and you see all the fun that they had and you're like, oh, man, mm. But see, you're learning delayed gratification and exercising it. Lastly, Teamwork. Working with the family is really hard. I mean, it's, sometimes it's hard with coworkers, but working with the family, it's not like you can be like, beat it, mom and dad. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> All right? But think of these, these skills, okay, that I, that I learned from this journey. Think about your own experiences and some of the things that you might have learned from your uh, experiences. So, what holds us back? It's a little hard to read, but let me read something to you. And I want you to, as I read this, see if you can identify with some of this. Why do you still doubt yourself? You became the family translator at six, at five. You started babysitting at eight. You helped your parents with uh, their taxes at nine. You paid the family bills at 11. You told your parents what documents to sign at 13. You started making family medical decisions at uh, 15. You started to financially support your family at 17. You did all this before you could legally vote. Why do you still doubt yourself? Not all superheroes wear capes. Not all superheroes choose to be a superhero. You are a superhero. Can some of you relate to this? Doing this, yeah. Everyone, this is my story. Really? But we still, despite the experiences, we still, Things that hold us back, right? What are some of the obstacles? One, some of it is cultural. Like for example, putting up with things or enduring circumstances. My, my parents, they put up with stuff at work. My mom, she actually ended up stop, stopping work because she injured herself at work as a housekeeper. She was cleaning rooms. There was a mattress standing up by the door. Her boss walks in. Hits a mattress, my mom sort of kind of like gets startled, does one of the, these things, boom, mattress falls on her, mess up her back for the rest of her life. Yet all, I remember as a kid, because I used to translate for them, all this stuff that she was putting up with her boss at work. And see, sometimes though, we put up with this stuff because we're like, that's what, we should be grateful that we have a job. We should be grateful for this opportunity beggars can't be choosers right you hear that first of all I'm not a beggar <laughs> I've earned everything that I have here number two I have dignity too yes, true. and I love and respect you and and I expect that from you and if you don't beat it now I know that sounds kind of harsh, but I also understand there's circumstances where we can't. But if you are able to, at the minute you're able to be like, I'm out, peace out. The opinion of others. This is another one of my parents. This might give my mom a hard time because she'd be like, ah, oh, Oscar, in Spanish, of course. What are people gonna say? And I remember one day, I'd like, mom, you know what? You say this so much. Can you at least give me the name of one person? Because when that person like walks in the room, I promise you, mom, I will be my best behavior because I don't want to embarrass you, the family. <gasps> Oscar, no one can ever, you know, win any argument with you. But we're so concerned about the opinion of others. I love my brother. i have a younger brother. My brother does not pay my bills. It's not his responsibility. So I don't care about my brother's opinion. Again, I say that with a loving heart. Some of you are concerned about what your friends have to say. Remember what I said earlier? Some of you need to do a spring cleanup. Love them from a distance. Scarcity mindset. Mom, dad, can we, like, go to the mall? No. Can we just, we don't don't need to buy anything. Can we just, like, look around? Why are we going to go waste our time? We either go to the store because we're going to buy something, or we don't go to the store at all. And as innocuous as that, seems all of a sudden was like we can't afford things we don't have this we don't have that today for example i share a ton of content online we have over 274 videos on on our youtube channel alone uh i think 149 podcast episode a ton of stuff on linkedin and instagram for free from a business standpoint people are like oscar you shouldn't be sharing stuff free you know what I have an abundance mentality. I am a baker. I'm gonna bake a pie, a bunch of pies, make them available. And if you want a pie, great, and if you don't, fine too. Because guess what, the more good seeds I plant and I tend that, the greater the harvest. See, most people are like, no, this is mine. Okay? No time! Oh, listen, this cracks me up, especially young folks. I have no time, I'll Oscar. About four months ago, I did a workshop. There was a woman, a mom with eight kids, and she was the one who was consistently attending my workshops. And you have no time? But that's on Crimea River. And then last one, this is my parents use this. We can't get ahead, bless you. We can't get ahead because, Oscar, we don't speak English. They would talk, you know, I'd hear, right? The adult conversations when you're little, you hear adult conversations. My, my you know, mom and dad talking to my uncle, my dad's brother. Oh, you know, gosh, everything's in English, you know. Okay. Today, there's Google Translate, there's apps. And even if there wasn't, Like, I went last year to Kazakhstan and Pakistan. I I literally, like, I felt like my parents, right? Because I'm like, I can't even, I don't know. But I figured my way out. Here's another one, the last one. I also hear. We can't be what we can't see. I disagree with that one, too. We have to believe it first in our mind, we have to see it in our mind first before it happens. One of the silver linings out of the pandemic is the fact that I've been able to live and work multinationally. That's me in February in Panama. It's a floating bar restaurant, and I was there on a Monday, not crowded, working from there, living from there. You know who I only see out there doing what I'm doing? 25 to 35 year olds digital nomads usually they're single maybe vacationing working but i do not see anyone from 40 to 55 year olds doing what i'm doing i see 55 and older because they're retired and now they're vacationing or live out there but they're not having fun like me they don't have the energy that i have talk about being a minority I'm like 0.000001% of Latinos doing what I'm doing. Did I see myself doing this? No, none of us saw the pandemic happening, but I took advantage of the opportunity and today I see things first in my mind. See, that's one of the things for us at first-gen minority that we see possibilities Before other people, we have a dream. Stop buying into, like, I have to see it. Again, do we need more minority professionals, et cetera? Yes, I'm not saying that we don't. But I do not need to see Rob over here speaking in order for me to believe that I can speak, or Eric, or anyone. Next, what holds us back? Many of us are afraid to take risks. Risk adverse, we play it safe. Again, I understand because we see our family go through so many challenges and we don't want to go through that. But here's what I encourage you to do. Embrace what I call risk or the acronym. What is that? One, be resourceful. One thing I know about us first-gen minority students, we are resourceful. We figure things out. When my high school counselor asked me, where do you wanna go to college? And I said, UC Berkeley. And she's like, Oscar, you're not gonna get in because your grades and SAT scores aren't high enough. Well, she didn't know that I'm negatively motivated. (laughs) You tell me now, and I'm gonna prove you wrong. I applied to Berkeley, a bunch of other UC schools, Berkeley was the first one that accepted me. Wow. Because I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. Intentional. Folks, be on point. I'm intentional in why I do what I do. I don't just because, oh, I'm just going to try this out. I want to see if I can get out of my comfort zone. No, I'm here because I love helping other people dream bigger. I love inspiring them and serving them. Boom. Also, be selective. Don't be afraid to turn down opportunities to say no. If those opportunities are not gonna get you closer to your dreams, say no. You gotta set some boundaries. That's another hard one. My mom and my dad, they didn't know how to set boundaries because they were more in survival mode. And then knowledge. See, here's the thing. A lot of times people say knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. That is not true. Applied knowledge is power. Yeah. Listen, diabetes was in my family. I know I'm not supposed to eat donuts, coffee in the morning. Yet I still do. (laughs) Right? I'm not applying that knowledge. This is what I mean by embracing risk. This is the acronym here. All right, we're gonna wrap it up here. Let's talk about uncovering some superpowers. I came across this uh, uh, anatomy of a leader by uh, Casey Maxwell. And she points out some things about a leader. And it says the future, the future is always uh, in their, their mind, um, listens with their heart, and uh, also uh, embraces, uncertainty so what I want you to do if we had a little more time okay is I would want you want you to think about some leadership skills and I'm giving you an example here this is actually from the Wharton School of Business one of the top business schools in the country and they came up with these leadership skills articulate articulate a vision take charge communicate persuasively manage relationships, build a diverse top team, place common interests first. Let's translate that to our own personal experiences. So take a screenshot of this so you can do it at home. I want you, when you're at home, write a column, three columns, column on the left is your life experience, the middle, feelings, and then leadership skills on the right. I'm gonna use myself as an example. Family business, I shared with you that experience. How did I feel? Usually it's a negative feeling. It can be a positive, but usually it's an unpleasant feeling. I felt embarrassed. But what is a leadership skill that I learned? I learned, for example, the Warren School says, place common uh, interests first. What, it, what that means is placing interest of the team above your own personal interest. You know, by helping in the family business, I was putting the interest of my family above my interest. That's what that means. You see how I can, I'm connecting my personal journey, the feeling, to a leadership skill? Remedial English class at Berkeley, I felt inferior, but what did I do? I took charge of passing that class. How? Because I went to the professor, I went to my roommate, floor mate, uh, a writing tutor, anyone that could help me I was out there, I took charge. I'm like, I'm going to pass this class. This is, if we have more time, this is, I would walk you through more methodically, but I hope you understand at least the gist here of this exercise. Do it tonight before you go to bed. Again, look at your, fa- or your uh, life experiences, the feelings, and then what are some leadership skills here that your, your life experience ties into, okay? All right. Building resilience. <laughs> i want to talk a little bit about this and we'll wrap it up here. This is an actual screenshot of my bank account about five, six years ago. It's pretty easy to tell how much money there's in that account, those accounts. <laughs> okay? I was at a coffee shop in the morning and, you know, working on my laptop and stuff like that, and all of a sudden I get an alert on my phone and it said zero balance on my bank account. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And then another alert. I'm like, ooh, now I'm starting to get... Scared, really scared. I log in and boom. I took a screenshot of that because I'm like, one day I'm gonna talk about this. And I take full responsibility. I owed the IRS tax money and they couldn't wait for me anymore, (laughs) okay? And they took it all. I had $25 left in my wallet. My kids had more money, true story. I was scared. But one of the things we can do to help us build that resilience is embrace our feelings. See, this is, especially like in, in certain cultures, like, like Latino culture and for us men, like embracing our feelings. Like I grew up, my dad telling me, be tough, don't cry because girl, only girls cry. And then all of a sudden, I started thinking about, again, introverts, right? We analyze think, I'm like, wait a minute. All these songs from like, Vicente Fernandez, you know, and all these, you know, are, are like heartbreaking songs. And here he is at the bar, you know, hunched over, crying because he broke up and he's getting drunk. Seriously, those, that's what the songs are all about. And I'm like, what is this message? So the only time I can express my feelings is when I'm drunk, I'm at the bar. How silly is that? I'm like, no, my feelings get hurt. I've cried I two years ago. I was doing a talk at the local chamber of commerce back in the Bay area. And I got to a point where I was sharing the story about my mother being diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Like standing up in front of me like I am, And I actually started bawling. It was still raw. Be a possibility thinker. One of my favorite ceos at a startup said oscar come to me with challenges or problems but i also want you to come to me with solutions we might not implement your what you have to say but we i, I still want you to come up with these ideas and it makes sense so you come up with not just a challenge idea, but what is a possible solution mental fortitude thats strength See, we all try to look physically good, but many of us are mentally down and out. Self-awareness, there's another one. Understand what is it that you're good at, you're not good at, what you like, you don't like. Like for me over time, what I realize is from like a corporate career standpoint, I actually prefer to work for smaller organizations. Because if we're gonna buy a clicker, I don't want to get 10 sign offs on this black clicker. (laughs) And no disrespect for organizations where that happens, I understand why that is. I'm just telling you my own personal experience and what I like, what I'm aware of, I know. And then lastly, build community and strengthen community. Join the different groups that you have on campus or even outside, okay? Final thoughts, all right? I leave you with this. When we love ourselves and embrace our story, we will will be relentless in our pursuit of opportunities and kind to ourselves when we fail. When we love ourselves and embrace our story. do you love yourself and you embrace your story, you're gonna fail. You're gonna be like, okay, let's go. It's like getting a flat tire on the freeway. I don't think you get out, and you're like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> "Car, I'm gonna send it back. How <laughs> you fix it? Move on." Every time, I remember one time in the morning, I uh, was going into work, and someone hit my car around the corner from where I live. Yeah, I was bummed, but I'm like, "They didn't even know nothing." I'm like, you know what? I am not gonna let that ruin my day. There you go. Good. Move it on all right folks here's my it's a little hard to see but my email address is oscar at a you can connect uh with us on instagram same name as speed of consulting youtube we have a podcast called career talk with og not a original gangster but yeah. oscar garcia <laughs> i do have a i am playing up on that <laughs> and then you can also of course connect with me on uh on linkedin if you're on linkedin uh, uh, as well but um but thank you, everyone, for for being here. Um, if you, I'll stick around. If you have any questions, uh, you know now or whenever. I mean, I'm I'm available. But yes.
1: So, what um, started your leap to start doing this?
2: Yeah. So, what started my leap? Um, I call it tasting opportunities, everyone. And what I mean by that is just trying things. So, um, one thing about me being an introvert and say other introverts is, I wanted to change. I didn't, I didn't want to stay like that, okay? Being like an introvert, just not doing. It. And so uh, I was actually working at LinkedIn, doing a one year contract uh, job there. And two months before the contract ended, a librarian who's now a good friend of mine, sent an email wanting an employee to go do a free workshop in the evening. I couldn't find someone to go do it, so I volunteered myself. And I told her, I've never done it, I'm just using a generic PowerPoint. Um, I have no experience. I did it, the audience loved it, my friend the librarian loved it. I also enjoyed it, because I talked a little bit about my career journey. And that was the start wow. of doing what training, that I just put myself out there. And that's why I call it tasting opportunities, because think of it like a buffet, yeah. <laughs> where you just kinda like, you know, I'm a picky eater, so I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm good, okay? I'm not gonna go hungry. But then the other step, you like what her parents told us. Don't say you don't like something until you try it, yeah. because you will never know. You either will love it or you realize, like, ah, I really don't like. That's why internships are really good, or doing informational interviews, because you start getting insight. Thank you. Great question, Sierra. Yes. Ah, the author of the book. You know what? I apologize. I forget the author of the book. But just look up. The Magic of Thinking Big. You, I don't know. Amazon or wherever. Yeah. And I am going to suggest another
0: book, too. It's called The Power of Positive Thinking. Yes, The Power of Positive Thinking. I listen to that
2: every morning, and it just Yes. get oh okay. Yes, yes, yes. Power of Positive... Uh, thank you for saying... You're, you're right. Everyone, if... I fall asleep reading regular books, so I actually do now audiobooks. books. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I've been doing that now for, mm, I don't know, eight years. And uh, i like a little over 100... Books that I've listened to, okay. Some people are like, "Well, you can't really retain it." But I don't. I mean, yeah, probably the retention is not as great if you listen versus read. But I'd rather retain ten percent than zero. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great question. Anyone else questions
1: about the team? You talked about creating a, a diverse like team to like help like you know uh, bounce ideas off. Of. Yes. How did you come up with like finding that team that's like works for you?
2: Yeah, that's a great. So. The question is, how about putting together a diverse team, how do you put together that team that works for you? Number one is start with understanding what your values are. What's important to you, okay? Like earlier, I mentioned to you the three things, helping other people dream bigger, inspiring, and serving. So when I'm looking to put together a team, I wanna find people that are big dreamers, people that are willing to share some of their challenges, because, i.e. inspiring, and also people that are willing to give unconditionally. And there's other things, but, I, but start first with identifying what your own values are. Next, once you do, once you do that, is, is that all of a sudden what's gonna happen is your antennas are gonna go up and you're gonna start paying attention to people with those characteristics. It's very similar to like when you're shopping for a car and let's say, I don't know, I'm just making this up. a red BMW, right? That's your car, you know? And all of a sudden, you start looking, right? <laughs> and you, all of a sudden, that's the only car you notice on the freeway. Yeah, that happens. Right? Because, see, it goes back to what I was telling you earlier, your subconscious mind. your your subconscious mind. So all of a sudden, your antennas start going up. Next, if start talking to someone. But ideally, if you can identify, like, I call it like a, a pilot project, a small project that you can collaborate or volunteer, because what that does, too, is that it helps you see how you might work together. That's the first time I've ever heard that. When I, when I was um, interviewing for uh, someone, to, to, like a membership salesperson when I was working at the chamber, wh- one of the steps for interviewing was to invite the, some of those candidates to a networking event. And they are like, so what do we need to do? I'm like, nothing, just come, talk to people. Because A, I wanted to observe how they engaged in that setting, but also I wanted to get feedback from those they engaged with. Yes, great question. Any other questions? Yes. Yeah.
1: So you have children?
2: I do. Okay. Yeah, my uh, my daughter's twenty six and my son is twenty five.
0: Okay, and um, are they following in your um, your focus on life? So my
2: daughter, my daughter helps me out like on the side as well. And she she does some trainings, uh, um, for, uh, like uh, high school students and some college students. Uh, my son uh, graduated from college just last year. He uh, co-founded a non-profit, he's a music um, major, and uh, he co-founded a nonprofit to provide musical lessons to um, underserved youth uh, students. And uh, he wants to pursue that, you know, eventually wants to be a, like a music director at a school. Um, so they're not necessarily pursuing what I do, but their own, which I'm happy they're running their own race yeah exactly exactly yes other questions yeah well thank you everyone rob eric thank you so much everyone yes thank you buddy
0: thank you for listening to career talk with og Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com.